This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's the last segment of the last Now News panel of 2023 on AMI-tv. I'm Dave Brown alongside Michelle McQuig and Joita Gupta. No theme to this last segment, but there are three major news stories that need attention. 2023 was a record year for wildfires in Canada. The number of wildfires was the highest in recorded history. The amount of land scorched was also the highest in recorded history. Communities all over the country were impacted and evacuated. Juita, what's your reflection on 2023 wildfires in Canada? And I think this is the beginning of a much bigger problem. It's not a one-off event. I think a lot of people recognize that. Yeah. We need concrete policy change uh, on the climate file, which is the root cause here. And there's an incredible quagmire as to you know why we don't have consensus and more activism and action around the climate. I don't know if we really have the time to get into that today. But the interesting thread to pull on as well is that a lot of these crises could have been avoided if we had properly funded uh, firefighting efforts and fire mitigation efforts and prevention efforts. There were some s- stories in the in earlier in the year about how there were cuts made to firefighting services, which may have resulted in the spread of wildfires. So had those programs and services and funding been in place, we wouldn't have had as much devastation as we saw this year. Michelle, I also have infrastructure on the brain, specifically the Nova Scotia wildfires. The idea there was only one road in or out of the community most affected by wildfire still boggles my mind. It's pretty remarkable. And yeah, I think my big takeaway, this is the year that climate change became real to more people. And it's because of stuff like this. We are at the point now where cities, provinces, Countries are are acknowledging that there there is a need to do things fundamentally differently. That aspects of urban design have to be completely rethought from the ground up. That climate change is a presence that is going to fundamentally transform how we live and how it's got to be done. And policy is just kind of starting to catch up to that. But I, I also feel that these the poor air quality advisories and all the things that kind of impinged on people's everyday lives is what really brought this issue home to people made them realize that yeah this probably is here to stay i'm with joey on that i don't think this year is a one-off at all and uh, i think is making the issue feel more urgent uh, than it perhaps has for some people who might have been on the bubble before. This conversation has been very Canadian-centric. Let's take a little time to talk about international conflict because it did have a major impact on the year. The Russia-Ukraine war grinds on. Israel, Gaza, and the surrounding region are once again engaged in active conflict. There's also been substantial political unrest in parts of Western and Central Africa. Conflict continues between Azerbaijan and the Armenian people, as does asymmetric warfare in Yemen, largely funded by Saudi Arabia. Those are the big ones, but conflict and tension is brambling all over the globe. Michelle, how are you processing the scale of international conflict in this moment? It's very difficult. And I, I just want to acknowledge that I think this is probably the case for most Canadians because of all the various diasporas that are in place here. These global conflicts have direct repercussions on people all over the world, and it's really hard to process this. There are emotional conversations, and that makes it difficult to tackle uh, from a sort of more political or policy aspect in those wars where that becomes an issue because emotions are so high. It's very difficult to have these kinds of conversations, to watch these scenarios play out. 
and uh, I, I unfortunately don't have a whole lot of positive uh, prognosticating to do for the year ahead. We're going to get to positive in a second. We're going to get to positive in a second. <laughs> but in the real world, it is fair to note that this conflict has been significant in all reaches of the world. And Joita, one of the things that I take away or reflect upon is that there was bound to be some instability on the back end coming out of the pandemic just because of the strain on resources and the general tension that was created in the world. I did not necessarily see the vast of conflict that's occurring because I just named some of the big ones but there's a mm -hmm. lot of tension brewing all over the globe yeah no absolutely and the worst part is there's no end in sight uh, the yeah. the Ukraine Russia conflict it looks like it's dragging on in perpetuity no one thought it would drag out as long as it has I wouldn't even be surprised and this gives me great dismay to say out loud that we'd still be talking about this in 12 months time now the Israel Gaza conflict on the other hand is a lot more interesting I think originally the quote, unquote, Western powers had a lot more sympathy for Israel after the uh, massacre in early October, for which Hamas took responsibility. But I think patience with Israel is wearing thin. So I think there will be more pressure put on both sides of that conflict to try and I don't think we're anywhere near a permanent solution to that whole kettle of worms. Um, oh, but I, I do think we might be looking at something of, of a temporary ceasefire. Uh, but the world has certainly become a more precarious place in the last 12 months. Uh, yes, partly due to the pressure put on by the pandemic, but these are also longstanding issues and fault lines that predate the pandemic. Yeah. And I don't see those issues yeah. getting ironed out anytime soon because it has it just goes to show you that diplomacy is a worthwhile solution in theory, but we're not being able to find diplomatic solutions and things yeah. are flaring up all over the place. Let's shift over to artificial intelligence. That was in the spotlight throughout the years. Specifically, chat GPT was the centerpiece, but... AI continued to trickle into industries all over the economy, even though artificial intelligence is nothing new, it felt way more prominent. Michelle, where are you sure at did. on AI at the year's end? I'm fascinated, but also kind of nervous. And I am slightly comforted by the fact that the EU uh, late this year, sort of at the tail end of 2023, brought in some regulatory potential frameworks for helping to govern it and regulate its use and the issues like surveillance and some of the other areas where people have been voicing a lot of concern as they watch this technology really take off. So it's a fascinating time. I do think AI, I'm here for AI in, in most respects, but I do think that uh, we, we run a lot of risks that need to be mitigated and it's nice to see some initial steps being taken in that direction. Yeah, it's nice to know the robots are not as smart as we think they are. I don't know if you've read any of the copy that's popped up in newspapers or on magazines like Sports Illustrated that were written by AI. It's awful. So they're not going to steal any copywriter jobs uh, immediately, but it's certainly evolving. Joita, where are you at on AI at, on AI at, the, at the year's end? Yeah, I think it's a fascinating development. And I can see that it has the potential to do some good, uh, but there are, there's a lot uh, that, you know, a lot of considerations that need to be taken uh, into account, whether it's cheating on exams and students using AI to write papers or uh, replacing jobs in various industries. I mean, for all you know, in 12 months time, we'll all be chat, you know, chat bots on the news panel and not real people. <laughs> Uh, so I'm glad to see some efforts are being made towards regulation, but I think people also don't maybe fully understand uh, how much AI has uh, influenced our lives and, uh, you know, the various ways in which it has taken hold of our imagination, but also taken uh, root in our lives. So more education about AI might also go a long way. Yeah, just because you talked with a robot on ChatGPT does not mean that AI started the second you did that. If you're on the internet, you've been experiencing artificial intelligence for about 20 years in some way, shape, and or form. 
And let's be real. Most of us have probably adopted AI tools in our everyday lives right now. <clears throat> I know I certainly have. And, and and AI has a big role to play in accessibility issues too. Yeah, so that's yeah, another can of worms. Right and, and that's been explored, by the way, on the show with uh, Marco Pasqua and Elizabeth Moeller and a few other uh, tech columnists on the show too. Okay, there's been a lot of negativity here, guys. I know you've got a heart out. You got to get out of here. <laughs> but let's wrap up on something positive. Michelle, what's something positive from 2023 that makes you feel good mm -hmm. going into 2024? I have to admit, I had to do a bit here in terms of medical research. There's been some really interesting developments on Alzheimer treatments, on several, a lot of COVID research is paying dividends in other areas, and that's just starting to gain traction and gain momentum now. So I find that quite encouraging and exciting. That's a good, that's a good answer. My answer seems so <laughs> flippant in response. Uh, movie theaters are back, and I love that people are going back to theaters and experiencing them in different ways, whether it was the Taylor Swift concert, people getting dressed up to go to Barbie, and then checking mm -hmm. out Oppenheimer afterwards. It's nice that movie theaters are coming back, because I do think that is one of the best ways to engage with film as art. It's in the theater. So totally. that was super cool. Yeah. I loved that. Joita, last word goes to you. Something positive from 20. 2023 that it's almost over and we can all relax and watch a few dystopian films and you know sip holiday and eggnog and in a few you know a few days the year will be over we can flip the calendar it has been a tough year for a lot of people and i'm uh, glad that we are on the uh, on the way out and i think 2024 has the uh, possibility to look a lot brighter Always optimistic, Joita Gupta. Joita, Michelle, thank you for your insight on all these stories all throughout the year. Joita, have a lovely holidays. Talk to you in 2024. Thank you. Thank you. Happy holidays. Michelle, you have a lovely holidays as well. Safe travels. Thank getting you. around. Talk to you in 2024. Happy holidays, everybody. That's Michelle McQuig, weekend news editor at the Canadian Press. Joita Gupta is the host of The Pulse on AMI-audio. Coming up after the break, what were the biggest stories of the year in the sports world? Brock Richardson shares his thoughts. This is now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.